0: educating your staff to what you're trying to do is the only way to be successful if they don't understand what you're doing and why you're trying to do it it's really a lost cause
1: welcome to the aco show today Josh and Brian welcome Dr. Jonathan Lilly, a physician at Dunbar Medical Associates in West Virginia, and Nancy Barnett, the practice manager at Dunbar Medical Associates, to discuss their approach to team-based care and why it's important for the success of a practice.
2: Welcome to the ACO Show. I'm Josh Israel, joined by my co-host, Brian Chiglinski, And we have the pleasure today to speak with Dr. Jonathan Lilly, who is the physician at Dunbar Medical Associates, along with Nancy Barnett, who's the practice manager at Dunbar Medical Associates. Uh, Thank you both for joining the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: We wanted to speak about team-based care. Your practice is known in Allidade Nation as someone who's good at this. Could you just start, Dr. Lilly, by describing your practice and how you got involved in an ACO?
0: My practice is uh, independent primary care. We're in the Charleston, West Virginia area. We have two sites uh, with six physicians and five mid levels. Our sites are about 20 miles apart. But several years ago, we were, as a practice, looking to move into the changes in healthcare with value based care model and looked at a couple of different things, including PCMH. Actually, Allidate in West Virginia found us and We looked at this model and we felt that it was the right model for us with the technology, the app, and the Allidade model of we're successful only if you're successful was very appealing to us. To be able to jump into this type of care where in my 30 years of experience, everything before even including managed care was volume focused. And moving value over volume was better for our patients, better for our practices, certainly the way that payment models were changing. That being said, in order to be successful at a practice at, at our level, or our size, which in our area, we're kind of on the larger side of practices. But I think for any practice, in order to be successful with this, your staff, both clinical and clerical, have to buy into what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, that accomplishment of being able to get the the right patient at the right time to have, again, value over volume and to be able to identify the patients that need you at the right time and being there and available to the patients when they need you. And I think that educating your staff To what you're trying to do is the only way to be successful. If they don't understand what you're doing and why you're trying to do it, it's really a lost cause. And then I think the next thing in line was the providers. Not all providers were cued into value-based care and the changes. So in order to make that team complete, those workers underneath the providers, uh, both both again both clinical and, and clerical, they they have to see that provider for the lack of a better term practice what they preach in other words if you as a provider don't believe in the value based care then that team is not going to be able to help you accomplish your goals and again uh, from the receptionist to the the MAs and the LPNs uh, right down to the people that do your billing all have to understand this model of care so and and that's where the team building comes into play. And say your providers, that's your mid-levels. They have to understand what you're doing. And we've tried to do that. And we've actually used Alliday to come in to help us with training. Of course, PTSs are a big part of that. And then your, your partners, your providers, the people that, the physicians, the names that are on the door of the practice have to be bought into the idea of what you're trying to do to make it work as well. Then, then I want to say, to make value-based care work, the doctor has to be in the exam room with the patients. That's where the care, and, and I say the mid-levels as well, that's where that's where you do the value-based care. And if you're if you're looking at dabbing having meetings and those sorts of things, and you're not with patients, you're not going to be able to pull it off. And that's where it comes in to where it really makes it work. And I'm gonna pass the the baton to have a manager. You know, they're already the CFO, the CEO of the practice. We're going to make them the chief operating officer, and we have one of the best. And it's one of the reasons we've been so successful, to be able to learn and look at the the app and the technology. There has to be people that the chief operating officer in the practice, the manager has to be able to delegate duties to supervisors that understand what's going on. And then the last thing I'm going to say is, as you're successful with this, one of the things that we've been able to perpetuate it with is the rewards from practicing good, sound, value-based medicine that comes on the back end, the shared savings. That gets That has to be shared with your team. Your team has to be able to be a part of that When they see the rewards for their hard work, that's very helpful. And that's one of the things that's important as well. And with that, I I mean, Nancy can add a lot because she allows me to practice medicine. And me practicing medicine makes it successful. I just
2: wanted to stop and do a couple of abbreviations that went by kind of quick for everybody listening. Uh, You mentioned the PCMH program and you mentioned PTS.
0: PCMAs or patient-centered medical home as something that was one of the models for value-based care that came along and was an option for practices to be able to do. And there were problems with that model. I don't even know if it's around much anymore. And then the PTS as Alidaids practice transformation specialists that come into the practices and they are Instrumental in educating your staff on what we're trying to accomplish and how we go about doing it, and how Aladdin is our teammate.
1: It sounds like if there are three takeaways on getting buy in from the team it's education, it's setting an example, and then I love the third one of the exam room being in there with the patient, being engaged with the patient care directly. Nancy, so as Dr. Lilly said, you are the CFO, COO. You are helping to kind of keep the practice running and keeping everything moving. And we can attest to that, certainly, you know, with a lot of our practices, just the practice managers and the the staff behind the scenes are doing an incredible job to kind of keep the business running. So I'd love to hear a little bit about, from your perspective, what it was like getting buy-in from the team on value-based care and this kind of team-based care model. Yes,
3: certainly. Certainly. I think for value-based care, you have to have a solid foundation, and that is exactly what Allidate rolled out for us. So through the challenges and struggles when we initially started, the PTS workers like Jonathan and Minton extremely instrumental for our staff to become engaged. And I just feel like this is very, very important that you have a champion position in this leadership role. It's essential. At least it has been for our practice. And Dr. Jonathan serves as that role for Dunbar Medical. Leading by example, the staff see our enthusiasm as leaders. And again, what he has mentioned, the shared savings, they share in our success. It's hard work. It's hard work to deliver what we're trying to deliver and see these outcomes reversed for our patients and providing the quality care. So everybody has to be on board. We try a lot of different things right now. We're currently having all of our mid-levels do the Alligate rounds monthly and give us feedback, and we learn from that things we may need to do within our practices, just something as simple as the KPIs we get monthly in our board meetings. You know, I do a stand-up five meeting with all the staff directly involved with the KPIs, and we exchange ideas and ways to improve, or you know, kudos to things we're doing really well. I think the app was quite challenging initially. I think Jonathan can attest to that. We had all of our clinical staff working the app, and we found that it was better to find the strength in who could work, and we opened up a position of a quality care coordinator, which has helped tremendously with gap closures. And she's part of our ED work list. Our chronic care manager is now actually doing the iris and doing an exceptional job with that. Um, So we... As the initiatives come out of the core four, we find the person right in our office to, to take that on and, and to be successful in that area.
2: Thank you, Nancy. And a couple abbreviations that just blew by kind of quickly. The KPIs, this speaks to how you are a CFO for the practice, the key performance indicators. And you mentioned working with IRIS, which is Allidade's current initiative on getting patients better end of life care. Are there other specific domains where you felt like team-based care really helps you plug in? You know, a couple of validates focuses are annual wellness visits or AWVs. We believe in the value of TCMs or transitional care management where patients are followed up with after they've been to an inpatient unit or emergency department follow-ups. You know, those are some of the key pieces of value-based care where in the past physicians didn't necessarily get paid for making those phone calls, but now you're not just can do fee-for-service billing, but there is shared savings when you keep patients healthier. So long and winded way of saying, are there are there aspects of those that you think team-based care lends itself particularly well to or
3: not? Yes, I feel absolutely 100% confident. Part of the, the quality care coordinator we started this position was to work with the Medicare wellness exam. We have all of our clinical staff working on the huddle sheets every morning that just drives our day. They're printed Instead of our providers jumping on the app, so it's right there in hand, point of care for the patients to have the necessary conversations. Our transition of care management, we initially had our medical assistants working in this area with the follow up calls from the work list on the app. We now have our mid levels doing this. They offer much more value when they're calling the patients and the patients are having problems with their medications. They can immediately jump in and take care of that problem instead of it going back and forth between a provider and, and our clinical staff. ED visits is another area that we do the work list. So all of these things, and we, um, Jonathan could speak to, we worked up an ED list, high frequency for our patients that are hitting the ED, and all these tools, the resources that are available through the app, to elevate, we couldn't do anything like this. So it is God since our practice to have this at hand to be able to refer to and our patients, our patients they are the ones that are seeing the better outcomes as a result of the tools that Allidate has provided for us. It's just remarkable, remarkable. I've said it before and I'll go ahead and throw it in here. I've been with the practice 42 years and if Allidate hadn't came along, I believe I'd be retired by now, but I love this so much. It's very rewarding.
1: We love to hear just the sense of reward in uh, how value-based care sets up practices and physicians and their staff to take care of patients the way that they have wanted to and the way that they know best. To change the mood a little bit, what barriers or challenges have you guys faced in pivoting to this kind of team-based care? You know, we celebrate it as, as being very rewarding and you know fascinating work, but what challenges or barriers did you guys face that other practices might face, and, and how did you guys overcome
0: I'll say uh, and I'm well taken care of but, you know we say as physicians what our barriers are and what we need to do and as the champion for value based care at Dunbar, I can say here's what we need or here's a problem and and Nancy is able to put it in action because she she understands healthcare and our practice and she understands value based care but initially I'm I'm going to say for for barriers one was the the finances to be able to start i mean you know the shared savings is slow to follow, particularly at first, and you have to invest in that to be able to keep enough employees and then pay them well enough when they're trained to perform at that level because as Nancy said it's very tough. The second thing is is it's all fine and good that that i'm I want to do value-based care and I understand this is necessary for a practice and our leaders, our practice management. But you know, getting some of the other physicians to buy in and say, You want me to do what? Or I need to do what? It's, it's a change in the way you used to, you're used to volume, like I said, and then you need to change to be able to identify the right patient at the right time, which takes a little more time. So you're providing that access and time to those patients. And you're, you're asking physicians to change the way they look at their care for the good of the patient. I think that's why independent practices are so successful with this because the customer, the patient matters, right? So I think those are the biggest barriers. And I know Nancy could probably add, for just being able to recruit employees and be able to explain what they're trying to do. I know there's barriers on our end. Just quickly, I think the biggest barrier is with
3: our 43 employees. We wanted them to have the same passion, the same job, and getting them on board. I have found using the Holiday Learning Center, as we bring on mm-hmm. new staff or even some of our student staff that needs refreshers, that's a really good place mm-hmm. to go and do a quick follow-up to the guidelines on Medicare wellness or TCM or whatever it may be, but we want to make sure they clearly understand. So that is, is probably the hardest part, wanting to see our employees have the same passion and drive. The second, I would have to say, the barrier of Medicare wellness is a tough. We actually had to break it down, Jonathan, to what providers saw as shared savings. We, yeah. within our practice, did a follow up. If Medicare wellnesses weren't done, that came off the formula for our internal shared savings from shared savings for yes. our bonuses, yes. uh, staff right. and providers, and that has helped significantly. But it's a tough one for everybody to see. And I'm I might add this Medicare wellnesses to this. You know, now I would love to see for us one of the challenges would have to be the same question. So if you have healthier Mm -hmm. patients that are required to come in for that exam, switch it up some more interesting things. I know Jonathan and I had spoke about doing an EKG or doing some, but we can't do that. We're limited because Mm -hmm. if we do it, it's still I know the first one we can, Mm -hmm. but just some things free of charge for the patient to see more value in that visit. We understand and recognize the value, but when we're asking similar and same questions, they don't always. So from a patient perspective for the healthier, that has been a bit challenging and continues to be as we grow
0: and continue to do these exams. I want to add to that kind of clicked in my mind. We think about it from the practice level, but one of the barriers is the patients. And somehow we need to figure out a better way to reach out to them to let them know the type of service that we want to give them and that we wanna be their the word quarterback has been used quarterback of their healthcare and that we wanna know about everything and we wanna help lead and navigate, uh, what a good word for Alohidate and navigate through the healthcare system. And educating the patients, that's a little bit of a barrier because that's not their understanding of what they're gonna give in healthcare. And and uh, over the years, they've been very pleased with what they've gotten, I think, from our practice.
2: Dr. Lilly, you mentioned the the fees for being part of Allidate, and we we did hear that feedback, and that's why Allidate has shifted recently to not charging anything unless there's shared success. Do you think that would make yes. a difference for
0: lowering the barriers significantly? For practices? Uh, yeah, I think it would. Now, our lowering the fees, the, the barriers, though, really for me, was investing in the cost of your practice to be able to have the people to perform value-based care. But in all transparency, our ACO received, I can't remember the name of the fund that we received. It was to help start up ACOs. Uh, Nancy probably remembers it, but we were able to invest in our ACO as a whole for practices. But yes, that is a a wonderful thing to be able to provide that technology and service to be able to get up and running that would break a barrier.
1: So Dr. Lily and Nancy, you mentioned there's a, a motivational quote you guys have used a lot. I was wondering if you could share that with the audience.
0: We have a motivational speaker, one of our favorites that we've heard from, and uh, we use it in our practice for the team-based work. And it's, you don't always have to think outside the box to do something different. Lots of times it's just redecorating the box you're living in.
1: Well, whatever you guys are doing to redecorate this box, it looks fantastic from the outside. And we are so appreciative of the work you're doing for your patients and your community. Josh and I talked a little bit off mic with you guys about how you were the last practice that we saw in person and visited before the pandemic hit. And so we are very glad that you all are doing well and staying safe and just very grateful for all that you've done to serve your patients through the past couple of years and the pandemic and everything beyond that. So Dr. Lily and Nancy Barnett from Dunbar Medical Associates, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us on the ACO show today. And we look forward to inviting you back.
0: Thank you for having us. For having us. This episode of the ACO Show was produced by Leanne Preaty, Dan Ablin, and Alana Coogan. Our theme music is by Greg Berry. You can find previous episodes on our website, alladay.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and join us next time.